Well, thanks for joining us on this Fresh Faith Podcast. My name is Ron Moore, and I am joined by Maria Stockman. And Maria, today we get to interview a good friend of yours, been a friend of yours for a long time, Amber Walker. Tell us a little bit about what we're going to hear from Amber today. I'm so excited to have Amber on the show today. She has such a cool story. She is one of the most faithful, godly women that I've ever met. She, um, We're going to hear about her life, kind of getting involved in the church as as a young adult and, and making her faith her own. And then we're going to get to see how just the, where God has had her in the last uh, six years or so. And so it's pretty cool. She's um, it, it's it covers a lot of miles like she, she's covers a lot. Of a miles, lot. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited to have Amber on the show today. <laughs> and I am as well. And uh, we're going to see Amber started uh, at the Bible Chapel when she was in college. Yeah. And then was just critical uh, in uh, starting our Wilkinsburg campus. Moved to New York City for four years, yeah. and now back on our staff. It's quite a story, and I think uh, I think our listeners are going to really enjoy this time with Amber. Yeah. Well, let's not keep them waiting. Then here's our conversation with Amber Walker. All right. Well, it is great to be uh, sitting here today with Amber Walker. Amber, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. We really appreciate you being here, and as always. Maria Stockman, who really is hosting this thing, and I just went ahead and started without you. I, I think that's okay. Is that right? We can, we can keep it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's okay. You're really the host. It's fine. <laughs> well, it really is. Uh, it's a privilege uh, for me to be uh, sitting with you guys because uh, I know you are two um, godly women, young women, and um, you're doing things uh, God's way, and so that's exciting uh, uh, just to... Uh, to uh, to know you and hear your stories and see how God's working in your life and and uh, I want to kind of start with both of you because um, this guy named Dave DiDonato you're familiar with him right mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> we, we do we know him <laughs> uh, Dave uh, came on our staff about man ten years ago that's hard to believe yeah. and uh, he started working with young adults uh, named the group Refinery. And you two were among the first uh, that uh, uh, were in his group. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, so I, Maria, was not actually in it at first. I was kind of, um, I didn't, I was not excited about it, but um, I had signed up to go on a mission trip and met Amber, actually, which is how we became friends. Mm -hmm. And it's really Amber that pulled me into refinery. So I'll let Amber kind of start talking about what it was like at the beginning, because she really spearheaded a lot of that ministry alongside Dave and Kristen. Yeah. Yeah. So I um, joined refinery. I was actually um, a sophomore, I believe, in college um, and really had visited the Bible chapel with my family off and on for um, two years prior. And it was Dave that saw me walking through the lobby one day, I think, tracked me down, <laughs> saw that I was a young adult, uh, looked to be of the college age, and uh, said, hey, have you heard about our ministry called Refinery? Um, and at the time, I hadn't. And um, I kind of had a conversation with him, blew him off at first. Um, <laughs> but then a few months later, really just um, started to crave that community that I was lacking, that Christian community while I was going through college. And so reached out to Dave on Facebook, said, hey, I'm in. When's when's the next thing? Um, And so through a series of events, got really involved, met some of my um, best friends here in Pittsburgh through um, that group. 
um, got heavily involved, went uh, to Honduras a couple of mm-hmm. times. That's where I met Maria. We were actually um, prayer partners yeah. uh, for our first mission trip to Honduras. Um, yeah, and so that's kind of all where, where it began, um, the ministry that I was involved at here at the Bible Chapel. Oh, that's cool. So what's the name of the city that you guys always go? I always try to say it and mess it up. Tegucigalpa. Tegucigalpa, all right. And <laughs> <laughs> <In> Espanol? <laughs> Tegucigalpa. <laughs> See? Does that work? No? Okay, now can everyone that's listening go ahead and email me and say which one of us pronounced that correctly? <laughs> Probably Amber. Uh, I remember um, after you guys went, we learned uh, it's not a real safe city uh, to be in. And uh, you guys were there doing some great ministry. And it was always fun to uh, to see what you did, but also the fruit of, mm-hmm. of what's still happening uh, there now. So we were with Dave uh, in, a, in a car one time. I, I still remember, man, we were driving down down the road, and uh, we wanted Dave to be our next campus pastor. And we said, mm-hmm. Dave, look, we got some options here. What about if? You um, took a campus, and, and, and we'll work to get you uh, right up in that college area around Grove City and Slippery Rock and, uh, and uh, what else is up there, Westminster, and we'll, we'll get a strategic spot, and uh, you can be the campus pastor up there because we really were thinking about how do we reach college kids, and you've done that here at the Bible Chapel with such a great, uh, in such a great way, uh, or um, Wilkinsburg because... Um, uh, Dave's wife, Kristen, as you know, had the contact at uh, Pittsburgh Urban Christian Schools, Pucks. Mm-hmm. And so without hesitation, uh, Dave said, Wilkinsburg, I want to do, the, I wanna do uh, a church in the city. And so um, we said, all right, uh, all yours, and we'll support you along the way. And uh, then he, he pulled you guys right into that. So talk mm-hmm. about those uh, early days in Wilkinsburg. <laughs> Maria's giggling. <laughs> Think about the, the car rides going through two tunnels and just all the crazy stuff getting down there. And yeah, yeah. So I remember actually like as clear as day, um, the day that Dave stood up in front of the congregation and said he was going to Wilkinsburg, and it was really cool because. At the time, we had recently um, just gotten back from our second trip to Honduras, and I was really wrestling with, I love short-term missions, and I love being a part of the community that we had built in Honduras, but I was really craving something a little bit more that I could be a part of, not only just evangelizing in those communities, but also discipling and following up with um, the people uh, that we're serving, and so when that opportunity arose, I was like, wow, this is 100% what I've been praying about, thinking about, yearning for. And so I went up to Dave after the service and said, hey, I'm in. I'll do whatever you want me to be a part of. And he was like, that's great, because I was going to ask you to come with me anyways. <laughs> so I'm glad we're on the same page. Uh, yeah, I was the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah. I was going to let you say it. <laughs> I was like, why are we going to Wilkinsburg? This sounds ridiculous. I can't believe you're going there. I, you know, I'm sure I told you that any chance I could get Ron and, and it was just, um, but it was cool. Cause I feel like that whole summer God was working on my heart and working on my heart. And then I kept slowly being like, okay, well I, I can do this or I can do that. And by the end of the summer, I remember looking at Dave and I was like, yeah, I guess I'm going to go to Wilkinsburg with you. And he was like, yeah, I already know that. And I was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just figured it out. <laughs> and, and such was the same for a lot of the, um, 
the leadership team mm-hmm. there was made up of core people yeah. from the refinery group. Yeah, and there was, five was of us. a group of us that, mm-hmm. um, you know, they were kind of in the camp of Maria um, and saying, no way. And yeah. then by the end of that summer, we were all on board. That's yeah. cool. Uh, I uh, I didn't go to it often, but you guys, I still remember uh, in the worship center, uh, you had a circle of chairs, and that was the first group, the Bible study that Dave mm-hmm. did, yeah. I don't know, for a while before we really launched uh, mm-hmm. the campus. So talk about those early days and just um, your as you guys prayed about it, as you thought mm-hmm. about it, as you kind of envisioned, okay, because you're sitting there with 12 people, right? Mm-hmm. And you're envisioning how we're going to reach this area, how we're going to impact this area. What were some of the things you guys remember talking about, or kind of the highlights that stick out as you in the early days of that Wilkinsburg campus? Mm. Oh gosh, that's so long ago. But yeah. I do remember we were, I believe we were going through Acts, yes. right? Yep. And so we were just so inspired and encouraged just to see how the church was growing in Acts mm-hmm. and. Um, I think just expectant for what God was going to do in Wilkinsburg, not knowing what what that was going to be. But I remember one of the first things we did was try to um, build up a mentoring program Mm -hmm. in Wilkinsburg. And so Mm -hmm. we knew from the get-go we were going to be about kids and investing in the lives of of the kids. So I think that was something that I was really excited for, um, that mentoring program. And Marie and I both mentored for a number of years. Yeah, Yeah, and I think, too, um, we... And mostly Dave, he had, he had so many conversations with people in the community. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, if you hear about what Wilkinsburg was like in like the 1950s, it was just churches everywhere. Everyone went to church. It Sunday was the best, biggest day of the of the week. Mm-hmm. It was city of church. Yeah. Wilkinsburg used to be called the city yeah. of churches. Yeah. I mean, and so it's really cool too. We would meet people that you know were that remember that time and to hear what it was like and then to see what it's like now it was it's just it's completely opposite and so what we we kept hearing from people was that you need to build trust a lot of um you know churches will come in from the suburbs and and want to plant in the city Mm -hmm. and do this urban ministry thing and and then it's tough and they leave and so I think that for us, we knew that no matter what we did, we just had to keep showing up. Mm -hmm. We had to keep being consistent. We had to keep sharing the word of God. We had to keep being the hands and feet of Jesus. And um, like Amber said, the mentoring, just we got involved with the Boys and Girls Club. And um, it it was so cool because for a few years, at least, I mean, there would be more kids at church than there would be adults. And these Mm -hmm. kids would just come without their parents and it was just it was fun it was loud and it was crazy and it was so much fun but to see the impact that we were able to have in these kids lives by sharing Jesus and just seeing that change in them and, and being that consistent thing I mean there's a lot of transition and 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 their and home life in Wilkinsburg might not look the same as it does in the mm-hmm. McMurray um, area where our South Hills campus is located. And I think that was just, it was always just consistently show up and be a trustworthy kind of person. That's cool. And also just a quick cool story. Um, The first Sunday, I don't know if you remember, but our very first Sunday there, um, there were three little girls that came banging on one of the doors that was locked. And so we went around the side. We asked, you know, hey, are you are you here for church? And they were like, yeah, we're here for church. And we said, okay, we we start in about two and a half hours. <laughs> Would you still like to stick around? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, we'll stay. So we just like got some coloring sheets and crayons, and we're just talking with them. And 
we said, what What made you come to the church? And they said, well, our mom said, get to church. And so we had to go get to church and find a church. And it was just these yeah. three little girls. And, and um, heard the music we, playing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we said, well, how did you hear about our church? And they said, we didn't. We just heard the music playing and we thought we'd come in. And mm. it was great. Yeah. And those girls continued to come back week after week just yeah. themselves. Um, and eventually one of them was able to bring her parents to Easter. Easter service, mm. and so it was cool yeah. to see how the kids were ministering to their families, too. That's cool. Yeah. Well, it's so important to build relationships in the area, and I know you guys did that, and I know Dave did that. I remember uh, I would I would hear of um, some person in Wilkinsburg, and I'd say, Dave, have, have, do you know them? And he would either say, I, I, yeah, I met with them, or they're on my calendar to meet with next week, or two days later he'd call and say, yeah, I got, I got a meeting with them. So... Mm. Uh, uh, being involved in the community is so so critical. Mm-hmm. So uh, you guys get to you're really in a in a startup uh, of a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have this great relationship uh, with with Dave, and and you're seeing these cool things happen. And then uh, Amber, you um, you decide to um, you have a career, right? You started your mm-hmm. career, so you graduated now from college, right? Yep. You're working here in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and you have this great opportunity. As this young adult to move to, I mean, who would want to do this? Move to New York City, right? I know, crazy <laughs> so notion. So you have to think about that for like a nanosecond, right? Right. <laughs> Nobody moves from Pittsburgh. Nobody leaves Pittsburgh. <laughs> right. Talk about that process. So you do have your family's here. You have a great job. You had a, a, a your your job here, but you have this opportunity to go to New York City. So was that a hard decision for you? Yeah, it really was, and I had never made quite such a big decision in my life, so I'd say that's probably one of the biggest decisions I've made in my entire life, um, but it, I didn't know how to go about the, making that decision, quite frankly. I think um, I remember sitting with Maria, and I think it was like a TGI Fridays or an Applebee's where I still have the list on my phone, but we were just making a pros and cons list and assigning every item on the list a weighted variable. Um, and then did the math and said, okay, I have more towards <laughs> going to New York than staying in Pittsburgh. The old so, so I was like, we're going to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that was the first step. <laughs> um, but from there, it really was. I mean, the, the items that were on my cons list were real hang ups for me. And I remember just um, giving it over to the Lord and saying, Lord, this is a huge decision. And for me to make this decision, I really need you and ask you, please. Make it so evidently clear that this is where you're calling me to or inviting me to come, um, and it's okay for me to do that. Make it so clear. And one by one, I just saw him melt away my cons list mm. to the very last one being um, it was a season that my family was coming out of a hard season, the loss of my grandmother, and I just felt really just convicted about leaving um, after that season. And it got to a point where my parents said, listen, We've seen God tear down doors to bring you to New York. Who would we be to hold you back from going now? Like, Mm -hmm. you need to go. So it was evident to everybody in my life that the Lord was leading me to New York. Very cool. So, Amber, someone's listening, Mm -hmm. and they are in that process of thinking, okay, Lord, what what do you want me to do here? Mm -hmm. Uh, And sometimes we think, you know, if it's God's will, boom, it's going to be this writing in the sky it's going to be so easy Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes god's will is hard and you have to work through it so that person's they're kind of wondering what to do they're they're torn inside Uh, they're wondering if if the 
kind of the consternation is a reason not to do what they think God might be calling them to do. Um, kind of talk to that person a little bit. En- encourage them in their next step. We we don't know mm-hmm. what we don't know what God's calling them. May, they he may be calling them to stay and they want to go or go and they want to stay. I, I don't know mm-hmm. what it is, but talk to that person a little bit and just uh, encourage them in this process. Yeah. So I think a couple of things. I mean, I started my decision-making process, right? The Lord gives us a brain and a mind to use. And so I thought very practically about the decision um, and sort of just laid out, like, is this something that makes sense for like the stage of life that I'm in or, or um, a desire that I have? And is that a desire that's rooted in something healthy or good? Um, and I asked, like, when I made my decision um, this time, this move there, and I know we're going to get into this later, my move back, um, <laughs> it was a different process. Like, coming home was not quite as, like, every door was swung wide open, per se, um, or I had that 100% clarity that this was what the Lord was calling me to. Like, I really think that God invites us into things sometimes. And he says, choose, like you're living in my will. You are um, following me. You can do this. You can do that. Make mm-hmm. a decision and I will go before you and I will come behind you and I will be with you in that decision. Um, you know, so long as you're not going against his written revealed will. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes there are, I believe, opportunities that he's inviting you into. Um, and so I think it's just being continually renewing your mind, like in his word and, and, and discovering, is this something that, um, is being prompted and is irresistible, um, and, and then moving in that direction is what I would say to that mm-hmm. person. There, there, com- I believe there comes a time, uh, you know, when you get to the point where you, sorry for the double negative, but, but you can't not do Yep. You know, what God what God is calling you. Now, again, that's a process, and that doesn't mm-hmm. happen overnight. So yeah. yeah, and I would say for Amber, like, you, you know, kind of joked, you said we, we made that pros and cons list, and that was, mm-hmm. like, the first step, but that wasn't. I mean, you had been so faithfully praying about that for mm-hmm. forever, and it was, it was like, the, the, the first real practical, like, action outside of prayer might have been that but Mm -hmm. I and I think there's no way for for that listener to know what God's will is unless they're in Mm -hmm. that constant communication with God and Mm -hmm. that was something that I just watched you so faithfully do Mm -hmm. and uh that's you know when you it's that beautiful moment when you get to hear God's uh revelation to you about that about what this next move is is because you've been talking to him the whole time and also I think it's helpful to open it up to a small circle of people in your community too Mm -hmm. like when I made um all of these recent decisions, um, I opened it up to people who I'd been, pastors I had been sitting under in um, close community, wise counsel, and just asked their opinion to get their feedback mm-hmm. to see is there something I might be missing in this or a blind spot. Um, so I think all of those things combined are were. Mm-hmm. So now you're a Pittsburgh girl living in New York City. Yes. Living and working in New York City. So talk about that. So now you're... Uh, you live in uh, New Jersey, right? Mm-hmm. Hoboken. Hoboken. Yeah. So, and then um, you're working in Manhattan? That's true. Man, right in the middle of everything. In the thick of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you're you're, uh, you're uh, working at a, at a, at a company that's uh, really a mover and a shaker in the industry, a leading company in, in mm-hmm. the industry. Um, talk about, as a believer, let's first talk about, I want to talk about your involvement in church there, but as a believer, now you walk into this, it's a brand new day, it's a corporate world, it's New York City, 
Mm-hmm. And and you have this uh, you have this uh, relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. and you want to do well in the corporate world, right? Mm-hmm. So talk about some of the things, your thinking process, your your uh, emotions as you worked through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, those first days as you kind of kind of established yourself at the company. Yeah. So quite frankly, um, I first got there and I felt terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I leading up to going, you know, you hear a lot about New York and you have this perception of what New York is going to be like. And I sort of felt like a fraud being there. I was like, when am I going to be found out? Um, I, I don't know that I'm good. At, I don't know that I can, you know, mm-hmm. rub elbows with these people. And just this intimidation factor, but also um, just fear of, you know, I'm not going to meet any Christians in New York. And are there any Christians in New York? <laughs> Who am I going to be friends with? And, um, and so there's a lot of fear wrapped up in that. Um, but I think, so one of the things that I had on my, on my list, as soon as I moved there, before I moved there actually, was to get rooted into a good Bible teaching church, um, to find community, to, um, just have as accountability and to just be my family there. And so that was one of the first things I did when I got there. Um, and that really helped me, um, you know, remain, um, sort of on the right track and, and just have people to, um, to be in community with, to, to, to go through the challenges of working in New York, um, as a believer. But I will say, uh, as scared as I was that I was going to be persecuted for my faith, it was kind of the exact opposite. Like everybody in New York is very, um, open to all faiths. And so that was more the challenge I had with, um, evangelizing in the workplace was just that, um, you know, it was kind of like, oh, that's great. And that works well for you, but this Mm -hmm. works well for Sally and this works well for Bob. And, um, so it really tested me and, um, I found myself kind of trying to train myself up in just how I defend my faith to these people who are highly, highly educated, um, and have various religions, religional views, standpoints, um, and how to break down those walls. Um, but I think a lot of that started, um, with just building relationships with mm-hmm. people in, in the corporate world and in my, in my job, um, just showing up, doing things to the best of my ability, showing up and, and doing my work as if it was done unto the Lord every day. Um, and, and people started to notice that, that I, I did a little bit extra. I stayed a little later. I wasn't, um, too prideful to do the little things and, um, through a series of events, like, um, I remember, uh, having a conversation with somebody and they found out I was a Christian and they said, oh, that makes sense. And mm-hmm. that was their response was, I knew there was something, I didn't really know what, but that actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that was really great, um, to hear, but, but yeah, it's, um, just showing up every day and, um, trying to do the best that you can do, realizing and recognizing that you're a light, for everybody that you're um, working around. I want to uh, talk a little bit more about you um, uh, living for Christ uh, in the corporate world in a second. But one of the things, Amber, you said that I think is so critical, um, a lot of times I'll, I'll talk to people, they'll move to a new area, and they say, oh, we just can't find a church. Mm-hmm. We just can't get involved in a church. And uh, I get it, right? That's a big decision. Mm-hmm. But but you knew as a believer, you that was a lifeline. You had mm-hmm. to be, in, besides the right thing to do through Scripture, right. you knew you had to be involved in the church. So mm-hmm. 
talk a little bit about this, just the, and again, it's New York, right? Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of churches there. Mm-hmm. Talk about the process you went through to find a church. What were you looking for? Yep. And then talk about getting involved. And, and that church, again, really became the community, the support to help you make the right decisions in the workplace. Yep. So it's a great question. Um, so actually, before I even moved there, I was doing like queries online um, to see uh, to find a church. And I was obviously looking for doctrinal beliefs. Um, making sure there was nothing that I had issue of that they publicized, at least on their website. Um, I actually came about reaching out to a church that I started at and I was going to for about six months, um, made a switch shortly thereafter, but was connected to my roommate through that church. So that was a blessing in a separate story of itself. But um, I wanted to not be a church shopper. Like I really just wanted to find a church that was proclaiming the word of God, um, that was encouraging and fostering discipleship, um, that was encouragement of um, serving. Um, I think when I was going through that, honestly, it was my first time picking out a church for myself as a young adult. Like I had come to the Bible chapel and a, a church prior to that under the guise of my parents. And so I remember Googling how to find a healthy church. What does scripture say about a healthy church? What should I be looking for? And um, really found it. I, I found myself having conversation with um, a good friend and we kind of were wrestling with this um, issue of finding a good, solid Bible teaching church in Manhattan together. And um, he's actually the one who led me to the church that I ended up being involved with um, for three and a half years. Um, but it was a process because, um, there are a lot of churches that you could plug into, but finding one that I felt like was fostering the right things was a little bit of a challenge. Mm -hmm. And something I loved watching Amber do from afar was I think the first, uh, church that you checked out, you, um, you were so thoughtful in that process. Um, Mm -hmm. like you didn't serve right away. Mm -hmm. Um, you knew like, you know, if you know, Amber, Amber loves discipling people and she loves children. And so those are the ministries you're going to see Amber hanging out in. And, and you kind of really, I mean, I think you did end up doing that a little bit, but you Mm -hmm. really checked it out first. And, um, I think that's great. We want people Mm -hmm. to get involved right away, but you were just so focused on that biblical sound teaching and, Mm -hmm. and finding the right community. And I just think that, that, I don't know, I just admired that because I think we just come off of this time where we're, where we're serving so much because we're part of this startup. And, um, Mm -hmm. I just, I think that was really cool how you walked through that. And, um, and I think that made it easier. Well, I don't know if easy is the right word, but you were able to make the transition to this other church that you ended Mm -hmm. up. Uh, finding your home. Mm-hmm. So when you do, fi- when you make that transition, and you do mm-hmm. find this church that um, <clears throat> you say this is this is it. This mm-hmm. um, I don't want to be mystical, but sometimes this this feels right. Yeah. You know, when you walk in, mm-hmm. um, you got you were involved in a lot of different ways. I want you to talk about those things, but I want you to talk about uh, the importance of your uh, small group or life group. I don't mm-hmm. know what you guys called them there, but your yep. core group that you met with. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I had the best small group. We met in my apartment in Hoboken. 
I served the best treats, <laughs> and I had the most spacious apartment of all of us, so I was automatically voted as a small group host. So what are the treats? Um, I, I'm, what are the treats? I'm hungry oh right my now, gosh. so what are the treats? I would raid Trader Joe's, mm. so we would have um, warm brownies. We would get those... Um, they sell those big uh, chocolate chip cookies yeah. that you pop into the oven and scoop some ice cream on top of that. I'd always have like fruit and like hummus and carrots and we'd have crackers and oh my goodness, we always had an assortment. But now, if Maria came, you had to do like this gluten-free, right? High, it was high New maintenance. York. <laughs> high maintenance there was probably all kinds there of were, friends. You know, there issues. were vegans and keto people, yeah. and I, I had to mix in, <laughs> get a little creative with the serving style hey, as well. Or I was. Buffalo chicken dip, like everyone is happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> carrots, carrots, apples, and uh, and hummus was served for the people who okay. had. I'm, I'm gonna stick with the cookies with ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> you can have all the hummus I, and carrots. I'll take you want. it. I'll take it. I love it. But so you got people coming, and um, pretty cool. It's in your apartment. Yep. And you just build this great relationship with these people. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it was so cool. Yeah, there were a core. I would say there was probably eight of us that met um, consistently and um, just, you know, were able to um, walk through life. We walked through some some deep challenges together um, and just changes of seasons. And um, I, I don't know what I would have done, done mm-hmm. without um, those core eight. And honestly, all of us, we just found ourselves every week, can't wait till Thursday, can't wait till Thursday. Mm-hmm. It was um, the night that we met with our small group and, um, I got to work from home on Friday. So it was great that, cause I had people in my apartment until like 11 o'clock sometimes and I don't want to get out of here, but I could sleep in on Friday. So it was good. Um, but yeah, I don't know how I could, could have done life without those, um, those core few. And those were, I think, uh, some of the people that you hung out with even mm-hmm. outside that small group. Mm-hmm. That, that was, that was really your 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 friend group, not yeah. just your small group, but it was your my family. Group. Your yeah, family. it was okay. my family there. Um, I don't have any biological family there, but those people were definitely my family. Hmm. That's so cool. You're involved in a small group, but you also um, serve in other places. So just talk mm-hmm. about some of the things that you did uh, at the church there. Yeah, so um, I was serving for a little while um, as a greeter as well as I served on our prayer team. So we had a team that would um, wake up on Thursday mornings at 6 a.m. every Thursday, um, and we would pray together for all the requests of the church. Um, We would also offer prayer. Um, We would meet before Sunday mornings, and we would pray um, for the needs of the church, and we would be available after services um, when we would do communion um, to pray with the people of the church. Um, so I was involved in those ministries, um, but then my pastor, and, and kind of simultaneously, I was in a very busy season at work. Um, so my pastor knew that, and yet um, wanted to start a, a full-blown connections ministry, and said, hey, I know you're really busy with work, but how about you just help <laughs> us build this ministry, and we'll find somebody to lead it. We just need you to build it. Um, And so we know how that story went. (laughs) I built it, led it, um, and continued with it and um, just loved it. I mean, Connections has always been the ministry. And for those who don't know what Connections really is, um, it's the process of welcoming and greeting people and bringing people into the church and um, making them feel welcomed and then helping them get connected um, into the body of the church. 
And so um, that had always been the ministry. That's what I did in Wilkinsburg. Mm-hmm. That's what I was asked to do when I when I went to this church. Um, so it's always been a ministry that I've just gravitated towards or people have sought me out for um, mm-hmm. just, I guess, because of the way because it's a natural part of my being and it's just <laughs> me and, and what I do. And so, um, so yeah, so it was, um, it was great. And a little preview for what we're going to talk about later. Why do you think that's so important? Cause that's, that's who you are and that's what you do, but why, why, you know, yeah. I'm just going to church. I do the music. I hear a sermon. I go, I go my way. Right. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you think it's so important uh, for people to get connected and be yeah. greeted and be, guided to the place they need to go and get uh, connected with other people and groups yeah. and those things. What, why, why is that so critical? Right. So the end goal, right, I think is community. It's it's what I found there um, and being connected to other people, other believers. Um, you know, we're called to do life together and, and to not forsake meeting together. And so, um, so that's the end goal, but there's so many things that happen before that, before somebody takes a step towards getting plugged into community. Um, and I think research shows, you know, like if you have a bad first 10 minutes of your experience, um, the likelihood of you coming back is, is slim. And so, um, creating that welcoming environment, like I do remember, um, friends of mine who, who visited a church and they said, I'm not going back to that church because nobody said hi to me um, when I was there. And it was very clicky. And so I just, I think it honestly stems from, um, (laughs) this is like getting deep into the woods of like my background (laughs) in childhood, but like feeling left out of things, maybe seeing people get left out of things that just really breaks my heart Mm -hmm. um, to, to see people um, just appear to be, um, upset or hurt because they weren't um, invited into something or they were picked last for the kickball team or um, they just weren't somebody that somebody else wanted to seek out after. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, God leaves the 99 for the one. And so, like, I want people to feel that um, every time they walk through the church. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it just breaks my heart when I see people that um, are disconnected or, 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 yeah, feeling not welcomed mm-hmm. into the church. So it's pretty cool, isn't it, when you think back over your life and we do these life maps and Living Grounded, I, mm-hmm. I, you always think back and, you know, for some reason, God places this in your heart when you see someone eating alone at the cafeteria mm-hmm. table or getting picked last for kickball mm-hmm. that doesn't set well with you. Mm-hmm. And then he uses that experience to make your heart tender for that person mm-hmm. and then gives you the gifts and personality uh, to greet people and welcome. It's just, it's, isn't it cool just to see how yeah. God... You, sometimes you, you you know, God never wastes our time. Sometimes mm-hmm. you think something's so trivial in our life, but it's never trivial because God just uses it for, for good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you got this great Christian community, mm-hmm. but let's go back because every day you get on the... You get on the what to go to Manhattan. What do you? <laughs> the, bus the bus and then the path. <laughs> yes. So you 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 show up and you're working hard and you're staying late and you're going in early and you're and you're doing things that maybe other people won't do and won't do and people notice that right yeah. and I think that's the other thing Amber. I just I just say I I just think the Christian worker should be the best worker mm-hmm. in the office mm-hmm. and and for that person to say. Oh, that's why you're different. You're a mm-hmm. believer. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and there are going to be some challenges, right? Mm-hmm. So, 
you may have to uh, not do some things that mm-hmm. other people are doing, and you may have to do some things that other people. Did I say that right? Not do some things that people are doing, and do, do some things that, that people, people aren't doing. doing. Here, I'll get it right mm-hmm. after yeah. a while. Here, yeah. so so tell a few of those stories mm-hmm. that uh, you know you kind of you kind of came up against kind of came up to a decision where you said, okay, I'm a child of the living God. I'm mm-hmm. I know my identity is in Christ. And I want to do well for mm-hmm. for him in in this um, in this corporate world, but man, I got a tough decision here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, one particular story comes to mind. Um, I was relatively new to the company. I think I might have only been about six to twelve months into my first role, and um, what could seem super minor, it was just sort of um, a process that we went through um, regarding finances and the budget of our team, which I oversaw, um, I was asked to do something in such a way that just wasn't sitting well with me. Um, It was a little bit, it felt like um, unethical. It wasn't um, living above reproach. And I wrestled with that. And I remember thinking, oh man, this is, um, this is being asked of me, but at the same time, I answer to the Lord. And so what, what do I do? I could, if I don't do this, um, could I lose my job? And again, it was a small thing, but, um, I couldn't, I couldn't sleep without, um, with knowing, um, you know, that I was going to make this, make this move to please my boss. Um, and so I went about it. I thought about just going to her directly and saying, Hey, I, I, I don't feel great about doing this, doing this, going about this the way that you've instructed me to um, and leave it at that. But I thought, you know what, let me just have a couple of conversations with the people who laid out this process, because the process really was a bottleneck to something that my team was trying to accomplish. And it was affecting one of our partnerships. Um, And so I went to the the people in charge, the powers that be um, of our, our budget and upper management and I said, hey, let me explain to you this process and why it's affecting the way that we're doing business. Um, it's it's not great for our company. Let me let me tell you all the things. And then also, I know what your concerns are going to be. They're going to be X, Y, Z, but here's how we're going to mitigate X, Y, Z. And was able to really just um, let them to see the whole picture and how it was affecting the way we did business and ended up getting an approval to change the process for our particular team. Um, and brought that back to my boss and presented it to her. And she was blown away by the fact that I didn't just do what she said. Um, Mm. She said, you know, like, I would have taken on any conversations or questioning about the process. Um, Most people just do what I say. And I was like, yeah, well, it just wasn't sitting right with me. Um, And at the end of the day, I don't want to answer for doing something the wrong way. Um, And um, she came to find out later um, just in conversations and how we grew in our relationship, that it was because of my faith in Jesus Christ um, that I didn't make that decision. And I I can attribute probably that conversation and decision as to one of the reasons why she said later on, oh, that makes sense. Hmm. Hmm. So that, ha- that was a pretty bold move. Yeah. <laughs> and you knew it may not it turned out great, right? It turned out great. It but, might not have. But you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> um, so um, you said you probably lost a little sleep over that and you were yeah. praying. But um, go back to, again, you're, you, you are a process mm-hmm. person. 
Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if I like to say people that are a process person because they, they might not think you're a process person, but you would say that, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, talk about the talk about your, you know, so you get a big decision. Talk about yeah. how you prayed about that and how you how how you felt God taking you to the place where you're saying, I'm going to do this and I could lose my job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will say I, I lost a little sleep over it. However, I knew what I had to do. Like it was, I felt um, the Holy Spirit like inside of me, like speaking to my heart. I felt um, the conviction and just the 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 need to do the right thing. Mm. So it was irresistible. I could not, you know, go forward with this decision. Um, and so it was really more so I spent time in like prayer about, Lord, show me a way out. Show me a way to... Um, you know, this is an issue because I saw the practical side of it being a real bottleneck and affecting our team. Um, but at the same time, it wasn't the, the way about the way to go about it um, and the way I was being asked to go about it. I didn't feel was the right way. And so it was really like, Lord, I will. <laughs> you have everything. You've given me everything. Um, you can take it away. Like if that's your will, fine. But would you please give me a way to present this information and to win over um, the people who were in charge of this process in the first place to change it to allow us to do business better? And he answered that prayer. That's so. great. That's great. Um, you are in a, a culture where it's not so much being persecuted, but as you said, as hmm. for being a Christian or looked down upon or whatever, but it's like, Oh, that's great that you're a Christian. That's really good for you. Mm. I'm whatever, and this is good for me, or I'm nothing, mm. and this is good for me. Uh, how do you navigate that as mm. a believer, and how do you start entering into um, uh, conversations with people? Now you've built relate, so you built. You've been there a while now. Mm -hmm. Your your work um, uh, is uh, at a high level. Uh, your ethical standard is at a high level. Mm -hmm. You've built relationships with people. Yeah. So now the next step is I, I want to have this conversation about a person who's a nun, right? I don't mm -hmm. believe in anything. Right. How do you begin to enter into some of those conversations? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, one thing I did was I was like, I got to know what these religions believe. Like, I got to know what they're saying so that I can come from a position of, you know, I don't just know what I'm talking about and in, in my faith, but what they believe as well. So I can sort of um, have those more educated conversations with them. Um, but I think I learned over time what works best in, in having those conversations is um, not attacking people and, and feeling the need to um, necessarily um, talk the whole conversation and, and spew out, um, you know, the truth. Like, that's good, and, and you have to, like, speak the truth. But I found questioning and um, asking, like, guiding questions oftentimes brought people to their own conclusions or they revealed in themselves like the own holes that they were poking in their um, sort of belief structure. And so, um, and honestly, just meeting people gracefully, not um, trying to shove down um, their throats, uh, the truth that I believe, but also um, sharing it from a heart of um gratitude for for my faith and for what Jesus has done not only for me but for them um 
And I think coupled with, um, I had those deeper conversations with people once I had built those relationships with them, once they had seen um, kind of who I was and what I was about. Um, so it wasn't, it was after a time of like building a relationship up with them, um, that I shared a little bit more and shared a little bit more. And so, and it was really cool to see how God, um, used that. Like, I would love to sit here and say that every person I proclaim Jesus to is now, (laughs) um, a believer. It's just not, Mm -hmm. it's not the case. Um, but I've had amazing conversations with people who were, you know, are stark, atheists and um they ask me they text me and ask me to pray for them for things um there i've had people who i was able to witness to that um i actually just got a text from a friend the other week that um a person that i was witnessing to and and having um conversation with and just building relationship with um actually asked my friend knew that my friend um goes to the same church that i went to when i was in new york and said, hey, I was having all these great conversations with Amber about Jesus and about her church, and I know you go to the same one. Could I come with you um, some weekend? Um, I've really been desiring to um, get into a church and just mm-hmm. see what this Christianity thing is about. And so it's cool even um, things that, you know, just living my life, but trying to build relationships, trying to share um, and be a light um, to the people I was building relationships with, how God has um, blessed that and how there's been fruit of that, both when I was living there and even eight months later now that I'm gone. That's an encouragement. I know uh, we want this to be an encouragement to those who are listening, just that that process, uh, you know, like um, Paul talks uh, in First Corinthians about sometimes some people, water, some people plant, some mm-hmm. people water, but God always gives the increase, right? So mm-hmm. uh, when you're sharing with someone, just because they don't, trust in Christ right then and there doesn't mean that God's not going to use that mm-hmm. in the process for his uh, for his purposes. So that's a great totally. t- reminder of that. Totally. So you are uh, now, you're in this thing for how long? You're in New York for three years? Almost four. So you're mover and a shaker. You're almost the like the CEO of the, <laughs> of the company, right? Just shy. Just shy of <laughs> CEO, yeah. But you're climbing the ladder. That's fair yeah, to say, that right? That is fair to say, yeah. Great things are happening. And um, Amber, at some point in there, here you are. Your, 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 your corporate dreams are coming true. Mm. And God just starts stirring your heart a little bit. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Uh, experience you went through? Yeah. So um, the company that I worked for was big into career development. And so they were constantly encouraging you to think about what your next step um, would be within the company. Um, And so as I was thinking about what that next step would be, and I had come off of um, getting three, one, two, three, three straight promotions. So I kept going up a level. And the, the higher I got, the more I just saw people kind of not selling your soul is not the right way to say it, but um, just working a lot, a lot, and having a, a tremendous amount of responsibility, which um, I was ready to step into if that's where the Lord was leading me. But I felt this sort of just um, twinge in my spirit, if you will, um, stirring in my heart that there might be something else. And so, um, you know, I'm a process person, so I was like, <laughs> okay, Lord. 
Um, I'm praying about this. Would you please reveal to me how you've gifted me? Where Where would you like me to utilize um, my gifting by the way, in the way of um, career? And so I started a process of um, taking any and every sort of um, career test that I could take. Um, StrengthsFinder, Enneagram, uh, different career assessments I found online. Actually, around the time, I think the Bible Chapel was just instituting Culture Index. And so mm-hmm. uh, a staff member wanted to practice on me. And, and so I had, <laughs> my, staff cul- member. <laughs> I, I had my Culture Index um, completed. And, and so all of this was really just kind of fact-finding about myself and just um, reflecting, like, what do I enjoy doing? Where do I feel like I'm operating out of my truest gifting in the way that God's created me and everything came back as sort of like helping um helping careers so it was teaching and nursing and counseling and um, being an arbitrator (laughs) um but ministry was on there too and I was like hmm um so all of these things might require me going back to school and so it was a big decision so I just started praying about that I was like Lord like I will go literally wherever you want me to go would you please open a door that utilizes all of my gifting for your maximum glory? So open a door to a job or a school or, um, you know, I thought he would just, you know, drop somebody into my life that, I don't know, was going back to school for counseling and I would hear about that program and know that that's where he was calling me to. But but no, lo and behold, <laughs> six short days later, <laughs> I get a text message from Maria um, about an opportunity here at the Bible Chapel. Uh, I want to talk about that now, but I do want to just make one statement. You, when you uh, were thinking about going back to school and training for ministry, where, where were you thinking about? DTS. Thank you. Dallas <laughs> Theological Seminary, Maria. I just it's went true. to DTS. I, you were there. I, I was there, so now I can... You've walked on holy ground. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shekinah is kind of over, literally over your head. I take right it now. back. <laughs> <laughs> I feel different having visited DTS. The Lord there. led me yeah. elsewhere. <laughs> you just lost half of those listeners. <laughs> um so uh, from our standpoint, we're, uh, uh, we're looking for a, um, a Directors of Connection. I don't know if we even had a title, uh, but um, both Maria and Dave said, we have the perfect person. And then they said, Anne, you know, she's working at this corporate thing in New York, and she's climbing the ladder. And I said, okay, good luck. You guys go, <laughs> you guys go for it. We'll see how that works. So with the challenge presented to, to me and Dave, we were like, well, we will do this. Uh, if it's the Lord's if will. If it's the Lord's <laughs> will. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but I I think, too, Amber had talked about with, you know, taking all of these personality assessments. And when I had Amber take hers, um, there are 19 uh, typified profile like types. And the, the type that Amber is in is called the coordinator. Um, and so, you know, you can go further and say, like, this is the hostess with the mostest is how we always kind of talk about it. And uh, when we were looking at the the type of person, just just in general on paper, what we would want for this director of connections role, it was like Amber has this quality. She's a team player. She mm-hmm. um, puts other people's needs um, first. She's fast paced, detail oriented, just all those things. And and so it was it was cool how um, I think even too like God gave us this tool that's like not you know 
it's not the end all be all of anything, but it's just this guiding piece and it um, helped us kind of affirm with you, Amber, what that you had the right skill set that God had wired you um, the way that for, like the way that w- kind of person we were looking for. So that mm-hmm. that was really cool. But yeah, so we so I, I text you and and said, you want to come home? I don't know. I, did, I think I, you said you are coming home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds <laughs> right. Yeah. Pack your bags. <laughs> So um, you said earlier that one of the biggest decisions in your li- in your life you made uh, was to move from Pittsburgh to New York. Mm-hmm. Now you're in New York. It's four years later. You're on the fast track. Uh, God's is stirring your heart, but you're mm-hmm. still on the fast track, man. I, there's some there's a part of that that's energizing and cool, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't walk down you can't walk in Manhattan without feeling the energy, and you know, like you say, you're working with some that's of true. that top people in the entire world and in the industry. So now you have um, an opportunity to come back to Pittsburgh and work in a church. Mm -hmm. Um, How did you work through that process? Yeah. Um, So I will say it was a very dangerous prayer to pray. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I couldn't pretend it didn't happen because I journaled it. (laughs) So I had it in writing. Um, but yeah, I think I just started with, um, you know, Lord, if, if this is where you're calling me to, would you affirm along the way, would you, um, kind of how I had prayed when I made the move to New York, would you please knock down every door, open every door, um, and make it clear that this is where you're calling me to. Um, similarly, I had conversations. It's funny. I'd actually, been chatting with a few people that worked in ministry as that was one of the things that all of my career assessments came back and said consider a job in ministry um I had been having conversations with people about hey how did you know you were called to ministry like what was your story of coming to ministry and everybody's story was a little bit different but I was already there's already that stirring in my heart and so um I had just honestly, I had asked for a lot of time, so thank you, (laughs) to consider the decision because it was such a big one. And um, I had just gotten to a place where I loved my life in New York. I had this built this great community and um, yeah, felt like I was sort of, um, you know, becoming successful in my career. And so it was a lot to weigh um, in the decision. And I just prayed that God would give me clarity, that he would, um, if this is what he was calling me to, that he would help me to be obedient in the decision. Mm-hmm. And um, I brought in a, a lot of people into the conversation. I think I fasted for a little bit and um, just took a lot of time to pray. And I was actually talking with a trusted friend, and um, she said to me, she was like, so how are you going about the decision? And I was, you know, telling her all the things I was doing, and she's like, um, when you pray, like, are you, are you talking to God? Are you telling him all the things? And I said, yeah, of course. Cause I talk a lot. <laughs> um, and she was like, how about just sit and listen? Like, how about just sit and not talk and see what he says? Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Duh. Um, so <laughs> I, I did that. I spent three straight days where I just was sitting before the Lord in silence, um, started with worship and then just 
took time to just sit there. Um, I like lit a candle, had my room super dark, was just trying All to. All you millennials, you um, can't have a candle. <laughs> you gotta have, <laughs> you light your candle, you get some coffee, sit by a window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's the ambiance. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I just uh, I asked the Lord to speak to me and um, just sat in silence and, you know, I didn't get an audible voice, but what kept happening was when I would quiet my heart and just sit before him, things kept bubbling up about the opportunity, like, oh, they need to do this, and oh, they should build this, and oh, if they were able to do this, and this would happen, like, and just thoughts that I kept being like, okay, Amber, shut up, like, we're trying to listen to the Lord, (laughs) but these things kept bubbling up and welling up inside of me about the job, and just, I just found myself um, already going there. And I was like, mm. Lord, are you trying to tell me that this is where you're leading me? And, um, and you know, also inviting, again, inviting like trusted people in my life um, into the conversation and asking, you know, is this something you think that I'm gifted with, that I would do well at, that, I, and, you know, everybody said, yes, obviously. Mm. Um, my friends in New York and my pastor in New York said, yes, with the promise of you'll come back someday. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it, it was a lot, but, um, ultimately made the decision that, um, God was calling me back mm-hmm. here. Do you remember where you were and, and how it felt when you, when you got to that point where you said, yeah, I'm doing it? Yeah, I do. Um, and I would be lying if I didn't say it was followed by a flood of tears because <laughs> I just already started to grieve just l- releasing all of the things that I was sort of holding on to that I was saying, Lord, no, this this is mine. I, I want to keep these things. I, I love my life here. I love the people you've given me and and where you have me right now. Um, so it was a lot of as much as I like I hundred percent like trusted that God was calling me and leading me in this direction. It was still, I entered this week sort of, of grieving all the things that I was leaving behind before I could get really excited about, um, the opportunity and coming home and all of the things that that would mean Mm -hmm. down the road. We've, we've kind of hit a lot on this, uh, upward uh, path that you were on at your job. But Mm -hmm. as you said earlier, you have a family there. Mm -hmm. a small group. I mean, you have a great group of mm-hmm. family that now you're leaving so that's that is so uh, that's a rough decision mm-hmm. um, re- regarding that regarding that friend group mm-hmm. yeah it was and it, it honestly it felt similar to when I had originally first left Pittsburgh like I was leaving behind church community family friends um, it was equally as hard um, going to New York but I I think I mentioned this the other day but um I really like the story, and I reflect on this often, of when the Israelites crossed the Jordan River and they stacked stones to remind themselves mm-hmm. and future generations of how God was faithful before and he will be faithful again. And so I just recalled the the way I had been feeling when I first moved to New York, and I was so terrified of that season and what God was going to do and who he was going to bring into my life and how he blessed me abundantly. And I was like, Lord, who am I to say you're not going to do that again mm-hmm. in the ways in which you're going to do that again? And so it, it shifted my sort of sadness and grieving um, what he had done and shifted it to thankfulness uh, for what he had done and then encouragement for what he can and will do in the future. So, um, yeah. 
That's good cool. stuff. That's cool. So, Amber, God, you were you're on your uh, career path, and God starts stirring in your heart. You go into ministry, but n- not everyone has to go into ministry to really be sure. serving the Lord yeah. in significant ways. So, mm-hmm. t- so talk about that as well. Yeah, I mean, um, when I was actually, this is a cool story. Um, my one of the people on my team, um, my last team that I was working on um, at the company I was with she was a believer. Um, and, uh, it was really cool when I left, uh, this company to move back to Pittsburgh, she had, um, you know, set up time to just talk with me and thank me for, um, the time on the team. But she also said, I want you to know that God used you, God put you in my path, um, to minister to me in ways, um, a, um, my testimony, I, I was able to share with her and encourage her just in um, a relationship that she was going through. And also, um, she said it was so encouraging to see somebody live out their faith in the workplace. Mm-hmm. I did not know how to do that, and you modeled that for me. Um, and I can continue um, to kind of carry that torch here in the office um, to our team. And she said it was just the way that you carried conversations, asked questions, gracefully discussed and shared um, with other people. Um, and so thank you for that. And so mm-hmm. so do not be, um, you know, vocational ministry is is great and, and it's hard. And I mean, you know, I've only been in it for <laughs> <laughs> seven, eight months, how long has it been? Um, but there is ministry happening all around you and in your workplaces. And um, God has you there for a purpose and a reason. And he's put people in your path. And so um, don't shy away from from raising those opportunities, from boldly proclaiming who you are and living out your faith because you have no idea. The Lord will use that. And he will use that um, to bless people around you. Um, and who knows, you know, what will happen in, in the spiritual lives of those mm-hmm. people that I was able to engage with in my time there. So um, 100% ministry is all around you. Uh, you know, it's it's always cool. We, we talk here about if you're a believer, you're in ministry. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool. You know, we, we've been called to vocational uh, ministry, and, and we thank God for that. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool uh, to know that right now our church, mm-hmm. our church family, uh, is uh, is representing Christ in the corporate world and mm-hmm. education, uh, in medicine, uh, homemakers at home, mm-hmm. uh, in um, in factory and sells everything, design whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and that's so cool because we are are all in ministry. Uh, sometimes God calls us into vocational ministry, but uh, uh, the the legacy you leave and the le- and the and the impact you have every day. Mm-hmm. is really what God is calling us to. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty cool to think about that. Mm-hmm. So you pack your bags and you move back to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And you join the staff here at the Bible Chapel. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about what you do and your vision for what you want to see happen in this whole area of connections and community. Yeah, so I came back to do, um, to be the director of Connections 
which is funny. I was just reviewing my job description the other day, and I was like, this is about 2% of all the things that I do here at the Bible Chapel. (laughs) The last one as, and anything else. And anything else as as assigned by your supervisor. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so I came back, honestly, yeah, feeling like, um, okay, connections. I've done this at the Bible Chapel before. I've done this in other churches and um yeah I can do that and that's you know how I'm gifted and wired makes sense um and yeah so I was really excited to come back I knew that we had been um working on a strategic plan and and connections was one of our goals um and so I was excited to dig into kind of what we had done where we are and in the direction of where we're going um and so in my time that I've been here, I feel like we've gotten to a really solid place of we have a great process in place to guide people towards opportunities, um, but was really starting to feel like, you know, with my background and, and connection within um, small groups, um, I really wanted to see slash want to see um, mm-hmm. us get to a place where we have those opportunities for people to connect because um, I feel like those are really the opportunities in which um, intimate, deep connection is formed. Um, there's something to be said about just meeting in somebody's home and um, sharing a meal and, and, and discussing, um, diving into the Bible and, and hearing about what's going on in people's lives, praying for each other. I remember times where we just, um, my small group um, when I lived in New York would just not do anything because somebody was having a really hard week and we just spent the evening praying for that person um, and Mm. ministering to that person. And so I really um, just felt the need for um, to build out this um, community um, that we have here at the Bible Chapel by way of small groups. And so my heart is is lunging in that direction and, and thinking already about how can we continue to um, foster community in, in the ways in which we have it currently and how do we look towards the future of building more opportunities for connection and mm-hmm. community through through groups. Connection is, is a great process, isn't it? Because it, it starts, you know, at the front door. But as you say, it moves all the way into um, having uh, these deep, uh, intimate relationships where you can really do life together and mm-hmm. you can share your struggles Mm -hmm. and you can share your joys and there's other people walking with you Mm -hmm. through that and Mm -hmm. we want to we want to get to that uh, here at the bible chapel and i know you're uh, you're leading us to that and we really really appreciate it well amber thanks for joining us today we really we really appreciate it really appreciate it we appreciate your ministry here and you know we just we just thank god for the for the journey that he uh, has had you on Mm -hmm. and uh and your willingness to share it Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be those uh, who are listening, and um, you know they're 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 on a journey. We're all on a journey, so they're on a journey as well. And they are maybe their heart is stirring a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're wondering if uh, God has them in the right spot. Uh, maybe they're getting ready to make a a, a big move, and it's frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to ask you to pray for them mm-hmm. as we uh, as we go, and just. Uh, uh, lift them up before the Lord and, and uh, uh, let them know that uh, they have a God who can, who can handle any situation he calls them into. Father God, um, we just thank you for who you are, Lord. We thank you for um, your goodness. We thank you, um, God, that you go before us and you come behind us and you're with us in the thick of our lives, Lord. Um, 
We thank you for the opportunity that you give us to partner with you in ministry, whether that's um, vocationally in a church setting or um, other ministry, God, or if that's in the corporate world or in a doctor's office or a classroom, God. We thank you for um, Jesus. We thank you for um, just the gift of your grace, Lord. Um, I pray for whoever's listening right now, God, that... um, God is waiting to hear from you, is um, seeking your guidance and direction. Lord, I pray that you would um, grant them peace, that you would give them clarity um, over the decision that they're they're making, Lord. Um, I pray that you would um, put wise counsel around them to direct them well, Lord. Um, but ultimately, I pray that your voice would ring true in their heart, Lord, that they would know Um, without a shadow of a doubt where you're leading them, Lord, and that they would trust you in that, God, that um, your word promises that you will never forsake us, Lord, um, that you will go with us. And so I pray that that would just encourage them to know, God, that wherever you call them, um, Lord, it it may not be easy. Um, It might be something really hard, Lord, but that you will be there with us and you promise to sustain us and um, to comfort us and to Um, bring about peace, God. Um, And so I thank you for just the rock that you are, that you have been in my life. Um, I thank you for um, just all of your promises and um, for just being so intimately um, aware of all of the details of our lives, Lord, Um, and just your Holy Spirit. We thank you so much. I pray all of these things in your name. That was awesome. I am biased because Amber is a friend of mine, but I was so looking forward to having her on the show today. You know, uh, I, I love uh, when I hear a story about uh, a person who, uh, you know, is by all, um, you know, worldly definitions, very successful, mm-hmm. uh, climbing the corporate ladder, and yet is still sensitive to God's call in their life yeah. and how he is stirring uh, in their hearts. And I thought it was cool that, you know, one of the things I love about uh, people who go into vocational ministry, I love it when they loved the job they had before they went into right. vocational yeah. ministry. They weren't like running away <laughs> yeah, from it, like, hoping that it would be better. <laughs> I just need a job. Yeah. So I think I'll try this. Right. And, I, and, and we heard in Amber's story, you know, she was loving what she was doing. Mm-hmm. She was on a great track. And God said, hey, may I have something else for you. Yeah. And I want to talk to you about that. And I just love the process right. that she went through. So I think those who listen, and I, and I learned as I went through, you know, the process we go through uh, of really determining what God wants us to do. One thing uh, Amber said uh, was she had a time where she listened mm. instead of talked. Don't we all need to hear uh, that? We need to hear that. Yeah. Uh, I was with I was speaking at a missionary conference one time, and this missionary uh, in Spanish uh uh, the word acts, you know, the prayer thing, acts, mm-hmm. um, adoration. adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Yeah. And then he always said the last one is listen. Mm. Listen to what God right. has to say. So I really appreciated that. Yeah, I love, um, in the beginning she talked a lot about this, and at the end um, of her telling just this journey, she talked about how um, when she was getting ready to go to New York, her parents were just like, God has 
we've watched him tear down doors and destroy them. Like, we're not going to hold you back. And Mm -hmm. I love that then Amber four years later, um, you know, is in that same kind of situation and, and she has to, to choose to walk through this door that God's leading her. And I just, I love the journey, but I just love that her parents said that. And, and her parents are are awesome, godly people as well, which makes sense because Amber's pretty awesome too. But, um, that was probably one of my favorite things that, that she talked about was just, um, knowing that it was God's will. That's great. Well, we appreciate everyone who uh, listens to the Fresh Faith podcast. Uh, share this with your friends. And Maria, there's some things that people can do to help the podcast out Yes, as well. if you would, we would love if you would rate and review the show. Highly. Yes, highly, okay, yes, highly favorably rate <laughs> the show. But that just helps us to get um, more viewership and people can, can see us and, and we'll come up when people are looking for for some cool stories that, that God is telling in our lives. So um, if you would, we would love for you to rate and review. And as always, if you have feedback, you can send that to me at mstockman at biblechapel.org. We're excited to have you with us and we'll see you next time.